All right. Hi, this is William Ramsey. Welcome to William Ramsey Investigates. On tonight's show, I have three returning guests. We've done a number of discussions together, not maybe with the same group, but uh, about the Great Reset and other topics. And tonight we're going to kind of talk about a topic that came to my attention for Ken and me. We've done a bunch of shows together, but that is this interesting Nephilim Anthropology Conference that's taking place. It's an online conference out of London with some very uh, interesting figures and subjects, but it also just covers the topic of the Nephilim. So we're going to talk about that. Uh, and so Ken, Emmy, Zach Magaha, and Chris Taylor from Don't Let Them Burn are here with me. So welcome, guys. Thanks for uh, being here tonight. Thanks for having us. Thanks, Thanks for having us, sir. So, so I was looking over this uh, anthropology conference, and I, I've read uh, Ken's book about the Nephilim. We did an uh, interview about that, so it was interesting to kind of see some of the same indi- well topics for sure. But Steve Quayle popped up in the related pages, and uh, so if anybody would like, maybe Ken, you were the one who kind of spotted this. If you'd like to start off and just uh, add your commentary to the anthropology conference, Nephilim conference. Well, the the conference itself, one of the things we noticed, well, William noticed right away, is that originally it was going to take place at a theosophist center. So that kind of clues us into the context, right? Uh, But then due to COVID issues, they decided to do it strictly online. But what they're telling us is that, quote, some of the best known experts in the field are, and I'm going to do a lot of quoting here, "Quote unquote, uh, queer prophet, uh, a queer poet, a quote unquote Soviet philosopher, a quote unquote clairvoyant, a quote unquote YouTube conspiracy theorist, a quote unquote radical prophecy writer, and a quote unquote comedian." So, I mean, I've written maybe, uh, in fact, uh, maybe five books on the issues of giants and Nephilim and all of that stuff, and maybe two others that are directly correlated to the issues. And, in fact, by the way, I just finished writing another one on that issue this week. (laughs) What's the title of that one? This one is going to be The Pastoral Nephilim and Giants, where I'm reviewing what various pastors have to say about these topics. Uh Okay, now... I'm mentioning that because, okay, that doesn't necessarily uh, make me an expert that I've spent ridiculous amounts of time through the year studying these issues from every angle I could think of. But the point being, some of the best experts in the field, and I've never heard of most of them. (laughs) Right. So that just... That should tell you something. Uh, one thing that this conference does have behind it is a very good marketing. <laughs> that, that's uh, something I've noticed there, uh, hitting me up on Twitter and uh, YouTube and wherever. Um, and, and now one thing I wanted to point out that I know Chris can um, say some things about is that it was originally put together by a company named Nacon, which is a French video game company. So you will notice on the YouTube, uh, sorry, on the Facebook page for this conference, they do mention the fact that uh, pop culture is kind of gone Nephilim crazy. So you can find references to them in video games and TV shows and movies. And by the way, if you ever 
go to somewhere like Amazon or Barnes and Nobles and search for Nephilim romance, man, there are dozens and dozens <laughs> and dozens of books. So uh, it kind of makes sense that a video game company would want to put together a conference like this to draw attention to the fact that they have uh, games related to this issue. And I mean, this is if you're looking on YouTube or if you want to, you can see the the uh, graphic for the conference it has a skull for some odd reason. I don't know what that tie in is to the Nephilim, but uh, they're definitely active on Facebook. They're definitely sending out information and trying to solicit, you know, yeah. people to watch it for what, nine ninety five. Wow. You guys see that? Yeah. 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 How many uh, presenters does the conference consist of? Uh, right, the the number eleven, very very uh, significant numerology there. So not not ten, not twelve, but eleven. Which we know is either a coincidence or incredibly meaningful because number eleven is the premier uh, occult number of magic. Right. Magic, the New World okay. Order, the <laughs> merging of the hexagram and the pentagram. It's all there. 11 is the number that is of us, right? Quoted in the book of the law. So, uh, yeah, but they have all these people here. Are all Almost all of them have some kind of psychic or, you know, philosoph philosophical background. I don't even know who Vladimir Wiedemann is. I've never heard of Rockestaldo. Tell me about that. So I don't know yeah. who these characters are, but... Uh, they had to do a Bernie thing, but that's kind of a reason I stay away from a lot of it. It's because a lot of the people's backgrounds, they're never like traditional biblical scholars. They're right. always coming at it from some different angle. Yeah, these are very non-traditional uh, scholars. I wouldn't say there's definitely not a Christian element, although this guy, Will, David William Perry, seems to present himself as a as Christian-ish, I guess. I don't know. Well, uh, Jim Wilhelmselm is one of the presenters, and I'd say he's definitely a Christian. I'd also say he definitely has a heart of gold. There's no question about it. I do happen to disagree with him on his views on these issues, but yeah, he's definitely got a heart of gold, honestly. Yeah, he's got a heart of gold, but you always, I always like when I talk about it, have to throw in there how he had, he claims to have direct, uh, have had, you know, direct revelation from God where where he wrote like a whole chapter of his book that he claimed to be from God. And then he also did this freaking weird sci-fi retranslation of a Bible verse. Of a chapter. Mm. It was a whole chapter. Yeah. So yeah. for those reasons, I actually warn people away from him. Yeah. Well, there's yeah. Chuck Missler here published on this website, Aliens Are Fallen Angels. Why yeah, do the, you thing is, yeah. the thing is, um, if they want to put... I'm going to call it Gnostic. I don't know if you guys want to slap a lowercase g or an uppercase g on this, but just for the mm. sake of communication, okay? This, to me, seems very uh, Gnostic, considering the backgrounds that we talked about. And we can get into details on some of these backgrounds. But they do advertise it on the Facebook page as pertaining to, quote-unquote, biblical evidences, which should set the context that this isn't just... Um, hey, I'm going to say whatever I want about Nephilim, but it's supposed to be about biblical evidences, and then they do refer to the Bible as, quote-unquote, holy scripture. So, I mean, th that that does allow us to come within the context of 
biblical studies and judge what they're saying against that. And and so let me just point that out. Yeah, this conference is, hasn't taken place yet. So we are speaking right. a bit prejudiciously uh, regarding the content of the conference, but we're speaking about how they're advertising it, what the people are, are saying right. about themselves and about this issue beforehand. Yeah. Right. And, I mean, you can see here on their site they're, they're quoting Genesis 6-4. Yeah. And you're, they're quoting all these other uh, known scriptures. Here's another one. And they're there also posting, in those days, men of renown. Yeah, they're also posting uh, charts like that one that are just so fallacious. I mean, they're mm. so erroneous. How can you say that? It was by Rob. They actually are posting a Rob Skiba drawing right here. It actually has Rob Skiba's name on it. Yeah, well, I know. He based that on a chart that was put together by Joe Taylor, the curator of Mont Blanco Museum. And I wrote a whole chapter about that in my book, What Does the Bible Say About Giants and Nephilim? And I looked up every one of those references, and they just, the only accurate one is the size of the average modern-day guy. That's pretty much it. The other ones range from questionable to just absolutely inaccurate. It's sad. And they also, on that Facebook page, they post a lot of those photos of um, giant sentence, you know what I mean? All those well-known fake ones, the one uh, based on Taylor, Joe Taylor. It's mm. just inaccurate. And did you see that they have Leo Zagami on here? Is he one of the 11 speakers? Did you see that somewhere else? Because that yeah. guy, he's supposedly the Illuminati <laughs> insider sharing knowledge yeah. with everybody from Italy. Yeah. Something up with that, dude. He might be legit, but I kind of doubt it. There's a couple of... um. Um, issues that dovetail into this whole Nephilim thing. Uh, you said this was set up by Theosophy? Somebody in Theosophy? Well, it's, it's taking place at a Theosophy Center. I think I can just show you the address it, here. It originally okay. was going to take place there, and then they moved right. it online. And they just showed an announcement. Here it is. Peter Consultation okay. Venue, we've moved it, but then somewhere... Here it is. Theosophical Society in England. Okay. 50 Gloucester Place, London, W1U. I'm sure I can see that. Because that dovetails into the pre-Adamic Earth, because uh, Blavatsky taught about a pre-Adamic Earth in one of her books. I can't cite, cite it right now. wasn't prepared for that, but that came to mind while, while you got, when you guys were opening up. And then the idea of panspermia. For those that don't know, panspermia, uh, it could mean a, a lot of different things, but one of the things it means is that aliens or celestials seeded the planet that's how we got here and it's part of our evolutionary experience you'll find this in the new age and and other um, thoughts as well and you uh, you'll also find it in marvel comics dc comics video games anime and i'll cover a couple of those specific topics in a minute i just wanted to point that out before we go on and it looks like uh this was you know supposed to be on may 1st which is also kind of a uh, day, uh, meaningful day, right? So at least it was intended to be. So I think they change it to April twenty fourth. But mm-hmm. uh, I, something tells me they're they're moving forward with the biblical position, but they're going to pivot at some point. With the, when you look at the the general tenor of the the speakers, I think. Uh, but yeah. isn't that isn't that what Satan did? Right. He's the acting Godai at the London blot. I don't even know what a Godai or blot is. Yeah, but Satan came down with his insane um, campaign and pivoted on God's word, twisted it. So 
you know, I'm well, surprised they're okay. doing that now. You know, bottom line is we could just say, look, okay, so these guys aren't Christians, whatever. They can mm-hmm. speak on any topic they want. What's that to us, right? Uh-huh. But the thing is that this is sort of the ultimate byproduct of what, what I call the pop researchers have done with the issue of Nephilim in the Bible. And and that is that they turned it into what I call theo-sci-fi. You know, they, they've turned it into a, a sideshow freak show, mm-hmm. honestly. That, that, that field of research is absolutely saturated with misinformation and disinformation. It's, it's actually, it's a petri dish of uh, erroneous claims. And it's really just quite stunning to the point that this, in a way, doesn't surprise me that that's gone so far. Um, to that they make something out of nothing or just kind of um, just make everything as exciting and uh, sexy as possible. <laughs> mm-hmm. To the yeah, point you're gonna, that some, yeah. that's some, expect the awesome, expect the radical, expect the challenging. These are their taglines, right? This they call it, quote, groundbreaking conference UK to uncover the true anthropology of the giant hybrids. So it's groundbreaking stuff that they're going to present here. And that's how you sell it, honestly. Um, th- right. That's how you sell it. But you, you make much ado about it. And uh, let me give you just an example. This is a real-life example. Mm-hmm. So there was a, a report out of England about a cop who says he was overlooking a field that had a crop circle on it and that there was a group of people that he reported as being over six feet tall. Um, who were wearing uh, some kind of white outfits. And when they saw the cop, they ran off. And that was, you know, that's the bottom line there. Well, with my shoes on, I'm over six feet tall, okay? It's not very impressive. (laughs) But when Steve Quayle reported on that, he claimed that they were seven to eight feet tall. And then when Ellie Marzulli reported on that, he said that they were eight to nine feet tall. Now, why? Why would they do that? When the police officer is trained in and experienced in determining height, why is it when you go from the policeman through Quail to Marzulli, they somehow grew three feet? It's because if you have a quote-unquote ministry that's literally based on issues such as quote-unquote giants and Nephilim, you won't have much to do with your time, right? <laughs> so you have to make something out of nothing. And let me tell you why I'm mentioning that specific example. I happen to know for a fact that when I wrote that on my website, uh, Ellie Marzulli saw that article. I know it for a fact because he contacted me about it. And he didn't say a single word about that because it's just a fact. That's what he did. But in that article, I was taking issue with something Marzulli said in a lecture. So he told me, hey, that's not accurately representing him because in his book, he did put additional information. And he was kind enough to send me one of his books just for free so that I could verify that uh, on this one point, right, that he, I could verify something. So that was very nice of him. Um, I have nothing against these guys on a personal level. I thought that was a very stand-up thing to do. But the fact is, the facts, and the facts are that uh, these guys often manipulate facts and turn them into theo sci-fi, because then it's more exciting than uh, right, someone ground, like, yeah. than Groundbreaking like new information. Right? 
Yeah, then someone like me who will tell you, look, this is what the Bible says. Guess what? It's not very exciting. You're not going to get a tall tales. You're not going to get uh, sci-fi. But, hey, that's my calling It's just to accurately represent what the Bible says. And for so people who don't know, of, yeah, for people who ahead. don't know, Marzulli and these guys have a Nephilim conference. At least I think they were supposed to have one before COVID. I don't know if that's a yearly conference or something like that. But Although the pop researchers constantly have their own conferences, constantly. It's just that this was different because it mostly features people who are I don't know, new age, Gnostic, right. uh, mysticism, all that kind of stuff. That's what makes this right. one unique is because right. it's... Well, they're it's getting in on the action, right? They're getting Well, in yeah, on the that's what I'm saying is right. the, the, the Christian pop researchers, by doing what they do, open the door to this kind of stuff. The doors are busted wide open. So if you're going to claim that you're doing uh, biblical exegesis and you're going to start talking uh, sci-fi tall tales, then that just tells the rest of these people, hey, the field is wide open for us to come right in. Right. It's tragic. Yeah, it's interesting. Actually. Yeah. I mean, I would expect some occult books on the Nephilim and all kinds of stuff like that in the future. They may be out there. I wouldn't even know. You said that there's already fiction, but... Uh, yeah. yeah. Yeah, but yeah, because this theme, you know, even though right now it's starting to, you know, get hit mainstream, I used to watch stories about this in anime way back in the 90s, early 90s. <laughs> Uh, there's a, a, a video game, I'm not sorry, an anime called um, Flight of the Overfiend. And they had, a, I think, a three or four part series. And you have these, this spirit being uh, that came and um, I, I got to try to tone it down a little bit. Um, <laughs> they, they had relations with women. And when he arrived, they would explode. So until he found the right one. Uh, the, the, you know, women wouldn't survive this this uh, interaction. And then later on, and they had um, they had uh, beings from the underworld having a a worldwide orgy, pretty much. So uh, it's, it's nothing new. It's just now it's becoming popular within Christianity and now the occult. But the occult also touched on this a long time ago is just that in the day of information here we're more privy to to get these books now and it's being uh actually promoted through our entertainment this is why i touch on entertainment so much because hardly anyone is touching this aspect and i know ken you know because you've seen a couple of shows i've seen they have a new uh sci-fi show called resident alien now, they haven't touched the alien having relations with a woman yet, but I just have a feeling the way they're building it up that it might go there. Uh, and, you know, it's, it, this stuff is, again, everywhere. You see it in Star Trek. Uh, Gene Roddenberry was in contact with the Council of Nine. We talked about this before. And yeah. uh, th these same contacts with aliens, green women, and all this stuff, they make them humanoid enough to, you know, so it won't be too weird right and then what does that delve over into it, it sorry it, it it spills over into having relations with with tech you know you have wonder vision coming out now from disney and no one is weirded out that she's you know gonna have a baby with a ai robot thingy <laughs> you know so you'll see the the, 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 the concept continually dovetails into different um, genres. Go ahead. 
Yeah, in fact, one of the advertisements says that the conference is, quote, insights into the giant hybrids trailed by truth seekers into biblical evidences since the, since the days of Noah, dark occultists, and uh, Jotuns, that's a Norse, uh, Norse concept of a of an entity, right? Artificial intelligence and cyborg robots, ufology, and the return of the much-feared Nazi supermen, end oh. times prophecy, and much more. I mean, it's all under the big top, Ooh, folks. Oh, man. Yeah, yeah, it's a big yeah. stew. It's a jambalaya of all kinds of... <laughs> yeah, see? You see? I, that's what I just said. And jambalaya. There's a, a TV show called American Gods written by Neil Gaiman, right? right? Yeah, yeah. And in there, they're not hiding the fact that uh, beings like Bale, or you call him uh, Wednesday, um, Odin, had relations with women. I mean, of course, that's in the mythology, but they make it so modern uh, that, that this, the only conclusion that you can come up with is angelic beings having relations with women, and they birth uh, children. I think Neil Gaiman wrote this uh, other one, this juxtaposition of like an alien, I mean, an angelic and demonic person. And the main character for the demonic person, his name is Crowley, right? Uh, that Gaiman's work. Have you heard that one? I didn't hear that one. Yeah, let me see if I can find that. I'm actually watching his master class, if anybody wants to go and find that. Uh, you think about that. And he pretty much says to lie when you're writing a story. Um yeah, you know, it, it, it go off in different areas, but yeah, Neil Gaiman is one of the. He's he's pretty much a famous author. Then you go into uh, video games like Dota Two, which means um, sorry, it means Defense of the Ancients. I don't play the game, so I, I can't give it much justice talking about it. But I could tell you that there's some things in there too that allude to what we're talking about. Uh, Final Fantasy. Oh, sorry. Please continue, sir. No, Final Fantasy. In Final Fantasy, that's also a theme in there, as well as summoning ancient uh, um, deities or whatnot. So these are all popular games among the youth. Uh, and um, again, it, it also dovetailed over into having relations with tech. Uh, now, this one isn't necessarily sexual, but the 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 move the sorry the video game Halo. It's it, it's the this the mythology is built on pan, panspermia, and so these rings you know they 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 cleanse the universe. Um, the first time the this this thing happened, where they they released something called a flood. Anyway, uh, the hero, the Master Chief, builds a very strong relationship with an AI which we use on our Windows system now, um, Cortana, right? But if, if they wanted to bring the story further, they could, because she can manifest as a human. Speaking of manifesting as a human, let me read you a quote from the show American Gods. Mm -hmm. uh, there's a character named Shadow. Okay, so he's in a big box store, and... Um, uh, basically, a Satan figure a appears to him in the guise of Lucille Ball uh, speaking to him right at the TV. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So she says, Look at me, Shadow, all in high def. We shot the show in 33, uh, 35 millimeter, cutting edge. Looks like hell in the transfer. 
Funny how things supposed to make you look good only make it worse. I can't even fill the whole screen. Uh, just a little old, just little yeah. old me talking yeah. to Lucy Ball or Lucy Ricardo. I'm all sorts shadow. Now listen to this: the screen is the altar, and I'm the one they sacrificed to. Till now, the golden age, uh, golden age to golden age, they sit side by side, ignore each other, and give it up to me. Now they hold the smaller screen on their lap or in the palm of their hand so they don't get bored watching the big one. Time and attention, better than lamb's blood. Wow, that's yeah. incredible. Yeah, but, you know, even, even though Neil and the rest of his writer that, writers that helped put this whole story together, even though it's blasphemous and all these things we could point out, a lot of it's actually true. Uh, the technology is becoming... In, in a lot of ways, people's gods and people are going to or already have started to have relations, whether it's only mentally or physically, they've already started that. So, again, it, it goes back to the same concept of this conference. And, and who knows? I didn't get to watch it, but they probably touched on some of that, you know? Yeah, here's good omens. The uh, here is the follows the demon Crowley played by David Tennant, and the angel Azria fail, having grown accustomed to life to earth, was representatives of heaven and hell, seek to prevent the coming of the Antichrist, and with it Armageddon, the final battle between heaven and hell. Mm -hmm. so and and, and by the way, um, Shadow Moon is Odin's son. Oh, I see. Gotcha. Yeah. Right. So he's basically playing into the whole. Yeah, the whole uh, Titan kind of view, Sons of the mm -hmm. Gods. By yeah. the way, that this stuff is, it's been in our face for so long. For example, um, I think there might be a reason why it, they portrayed Lucille Ball or Lucy Ricardo as, as taking on this um, image of to speak with shadow. Because mm -hmm. if you think of shows like uh, The Honeymooners, there's mm -hmm. something about it where the main character is he's always going off to the lodge, right? Oh, interesting. Yeah. The Rick Lodge. <laughs> he, he's got this secret society he's always running off to. And then in, in I Love Lucy also, uh, Ricky never wants his wife to come down to the club. Never. Yes. <laughs> now the, the, and if you recall, his famous song was Babalu, right? Uh, right? What, what's that? Babalu? What's the significance of Babalu? Well, Babalu, okay, so Ricky Ricardo, the, the actual man, the actor, he was from Cuba. So in the Caribbean area, area, there's a figure called Babalu Aye, oh, yeah, yeah. the father of the world. It's, it's from the uh, Lukumi tradition of Santeria. So basically, this guy is on good old apple pie North American television every night uh, singing to a deity <laughs> from mm -hmm. Santeria religions. Wow. So no one knows it, you know? Yeah, that is true. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Um, give me a second here, guys. Uh, the, the, uh, the concept, you see, you said they, were, they wanted to bring up the, the Ubermensch, right? Yeah, the uh, quote-unquote much-feared Nazi Superman, the return of the much-feared Nazi Superman. Okay, and so... The, I just said the word Ubermensch, which in German means Superman. Yeah, boy. And here it goes. You know, we, we, we had the return of Superman on the big screen. 
but most people don't know uh, some of his origins. But I'm not going to go into all of the origins. But in the movie Man of Steel, uh, he was sent to Earth to pretty much spread the DNA the of the ancestors with inside of his, his blood to an Earth woman so that their race can eventually uh, overpopulate the planet and we become their, their surf slaves. That's, that's pretty much the premise of the movie. But most people don't see it because they don't know history. Interesting. I mean, here, go ahead. I was just going to read another quote from one of the advertisements. Quote, visionary keynote speakers will examine holy scripture, long lost legends, art and artifacts, ageless occult languages, hidden monuments, biblical predictions and revelations, genuinely inconvenient skeletons, and the folk memories surrounding the possible survival of the original tribes of the Nephilim into our era. Now, let me just point something out here. that There's no such thing as the survival of Nephilim past the flood. That's just, it's not biblical. The last of them died in the flood, full stop. They didn't return. They never will in any way, shape, or form. But there is something to this, in my view. What happened is... At the Tower of Babel event, people were dispersed throughout the world, right? So they took with them what was then commonly known and shared history. But then as time progressed, then each culture embellished this or that point, And then it becomes what we call myth and legend. So I do think that there, I'm not an, a humorist, you know, but I do think that there is something to a lot of these ancient tales um, but I definitely draw the line at the flood in in in, def- in differentiating um, ancient history and then the memories of it that we find in legends and myth versus actual on the ground existence. That that's very different things. Yeah, it is interesting how a lot of those you know other religions they're always they have that kind of pagan thing going on, which obviously by definition they're pagan, but. Specifically, like the Greeks, it's all, you know, would be like, we would classify them as like, you know, angelic beings or whatever. It's like, obviously, they're myth, but I think that does make a lot of sense relating it back to the spread and, you know, memory of uh, the uh, original Nephilim, if they were angels, I mean, or angel hybrids. I know there's debate about that. I'm I'm on the opinion now that they uh, that they were, but there's a... Definitely been a lot of debate about it. I think. Um, go, go, ahead, go ahead, go ahead, Chris. No, I was going to say uh, the more we we go back and, and find out about some of these uh, pagan gods, uh, obviously they weren't you know big G gods. Uh, they the, the the stories always come back to the same thing, right? Uh, Ken, you mentioned on, on my show about the Raphaim. And uh, that's another interesting topic as well, because when you get into the, the topic of the serpent mounds, the Quetzalcoatls and, pe- and, and you know, uh, ancient deities like that, you start to see the same pattern again. Um, you start to see people that were, I'm not saying 33 feet tall, okay? <laughs> but uh, you saw some people that were beyond the height of nine feet, let's put it that way. Uh, so, do you, can you bring any clarity to that? 
Well, I'm not aware of uh, anyone beyond nine feet having actually been found. Okay. All right. I've heard a billion claims. I have. I've mm. heard a billion claims. And Mm. when I ask for a resource, it just never seems to be given to me. Mm. But but I would say the the issue of height is essentially irrelevant. I don't know what it has to do with anything, frankly. This is kind of irrelevant, but one of the guys who pushes the uh, bone things the much, L.A. Marzulli, Isn't he also fucking one of those advocates for like rebuilding the temple to like start up the end times or something crazy like that? I don't want I don't want to misrepresent him. But I've heard of that claim made about him before. I don't, I don't know. I don't know that specifically because I'm just focused on what he says about the certain issues I research. But I do find it odd that he claims that certain elongated skulls are Nephilim skulls. And he claims that Nephilim, I don't know how he would know this, but he claims that they were very, 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 very tall. But those elongated skulls are regular size. So he's trying to have it both ways. He wants to claim that they're quote-unquote giants, whatever that means, and also that he has their skulls, but their skulls are regular, regular size. So... Why doesn't anybody say, by the way, you might want to clean that up? Because that's a straight-up prediction. What's going on? Yeah, I've heard that he kind of had he had a claim over some kind of artifact that turned out to not be what he said it was. Like, I think it was some kind of... I know what that artifact was. Yeah, me too. It's, uh, it was a very small, like uh, the size of your hand, a very small thing that looked like some kind of... Uh, demonic fairy honestly with little tiny bat wings and stuff like that and i mean the thing is uh it was presented to marzulli he he checked it out he had uh he had a few people uh research it he had it uh x-rayed and then he ended up putting out a dvd explaining how uh it was just a a hoax that's all it was yeah yeah it was a hoax. so i mean at least he exposed himself you know what i mean at least he uh exposed the fact that um while he was speculating about what it actually might be, it turned out to have just been a hoax. But what bothered me about that is is the fact that the the second he saw this thing, he started talking about how it made him think of Revelation 9 with the opening of the abyss and all the really uh, symbolic language about what, what proceeds forth from it. In terms of uh, locusts with tails like scorpions, hair like women, face like men, you know, all that stuff. Right? Um, and I'm thinking that creature you're talking about has nothing to do with anything that's described in Revelation 9. None of it yeah. looks like that whatsoever. Yeah, so that makes me think more so like a That's what bothers me is name something about nothing, right? Making much ado about nothing. I got to tie this into biblical prophecy because that's my shtick, you know? Well, That's to me, that elicits it elicits the question, which goes back to the title of this talk, which is the shadow over scripture. Right. What is all of this emphasis on this taking away from other written tenets in scripture? Because for me, that's what it is. It's a distraction and a time waste and also a kind of inactivity. It doesn't it's not like your feet are hitting the floor and doing what's in scripture. Do you guys agree with that or? Yeah, it's the same thing as millennialism. It's like a a hyper, hyper, hyper modern form of millennialism. Because, like, all throughout church history, I mean, 
you've always seen millennialism. I mean, I don't want to say always past a certain date has always been, you know, um, related to, you know, various heretical groups that want to like, you know, openly destroy the church to open, you know, to, uh, and their eyes start some kind of new millennium. I kind of think that's what this stuff is that just, you know, since we're in the post Star Trek era, it kind of utilizes a lot of that. And that's, you know, that's actually the best example of it is taking that symbolic language about the, uh, you know, the things coming up from the abyss and saying that they look, you know, kind of like a monster, which, yeah, the words say that, but, you know, Ken's correct. It's super symbolic. Like, uh, think about Revelation is that everything, even down to, like, all the numbers used are completely symbolic. Like, uh, and we, we actually know they're symbolic because at the, uh, at the end, when they're doing the measurements, of the uh i think it's like the new uh new Jer uh, jerusalem and they're using the same numbers they don't come up accurately as in like this could be an actual measurement but if you understand that the numbers represent certain things and that those things tie into what the new jerusalem is going to be like for instance a thousand is always it repeats as the number of a completion it just shows you that like everything in revelation is symbolic and where uh, a lot of millennialists i think uh get off the track is they and dispensationalists specifically is they'll say that the original seven letters represent church uh, eras but then they'll say that everything past that which we know is a vision is uh supposed to be taken literally when what the text tells us is that the letters to the churches are real letters and everything else, since it's a vision, is meant to be taken symbolically, which lines up with the rest of the scripture. Like in particular, uh, like the Daniel prophecy with the, uh, you know, the uh, big old statue and whatnot. It's all, you know, all symbolic. And you, you can uh, know that too, because for example, in my book, what does the Bible say about giants and Nephilim? I actually looked up how the Bible gives you what it means by all of those symbols. Mm. Lopes, hair like women, like lions, tails like scorpions. I look back in the Bible and derive the meaning of every single one of those uh, symbols. It's, it's very clear. I mean, just to throw out uh, uh, three of them off the top of my head. Tales like scorpions, well, Jesus himself likened uh, Satan's power to uh, scorpions, right, and serpents. Uh, hair like women means that they're under authority, which they are, they are because there's an angel of the bottomless pit from which they come. Um, locust, obviously, a, a, a large group of uh, destructive beings. I mean, it's very obvious. I might be on the opposite end of the, the argument. Um, but I don't, I don't take everything in the book of Revelation hyper literal or anything like that. I know there's definitely symbol symbology in there, um, but I do take take some uh, literal stances, like say for yeah, instance, I'd say there's a, there's a mix. There's definitely yeah. a mix. Yeah, yeah, like say even the, even when you go to Revelation um, twenty verses one through six, it repeats a thousand years, a thousand years, a thousand years. Um, I take that one literally. Uh, Satan will be locked up for a thousand years. There will be a, a millennium kingdom, those sort of things. Um, 
But when it comes to mixing the idea of Nephilim uh, or, you know, the Nephilims are going to come back or you have Nephilim DNA, I'm, I'm skeptical on those things uh, based on how they're explained and how sometimes a lot of it's drawn from uh, mythology, pretty much. Uh, I think when we, when we start to mix too much mythology with the book of God, the Holy Scriptures, we start to deviate a bit. What do you think? See, this is exactly what I thought. Um, I don't know if you guys are aware. I really debated a gentleman named T.J. Stedman who wrote a book about Nephilim-related issues. And that's the impression I got from him is this way. So uh, from the historical literary context, that is, if you look at the literature from biblical times, that is not canon, it's from pagan cultures, we can learn certain things that help us understand the Bible better. Sure, of course. The, the, the cultural context, historical context, grammatical context, it helps. Uh, but when the Bible uh, reference to pagan ideas, or even if it plays off of the Baal cycle or whatever, it's not to incorporate that into biblical theology. <laughs> and right. so that's where I think people cross the line when they say, well, uh, other cultures have the refine being uh, spirits that come back t- from the grave. And it's like, okay, but the Bible doesn't. So, so that's where you draw the line and you have to judge it by scripture. So I, I think that that's something we need to be very careful about uh, learning from and um, um, uh, Deriving certain context is one thing, but incorporating is a whole other issue. Yeah, did you come yeah. up with that term, uh, Ken Theo Sci Fi? <laughs> as far as I know, yeah. Okay. Well, <laughs> I want to give you credit. I want to give yeah, you credit. I, okay, if, if you like that one, then I recently came up with Gigorexia Nervosa. <laughs> <laughs> Which is when you, you're you're obsessively seeking to see giants, and then when you don't, you just make them up. Mm. Yeah. That's good. There's a giant behind here right now. I don't know if y'all see it. Uh, there what, is what, us. Oh, go ahead. What did you say? What did you say, Zach? There's a giant behind me. At oh, okay, prison. right. No, I see him. I definitely <laughs> see him. He's lurking you behind. Don't look me. back. There um, is something that you might want to look up. Um, and I, again, this is not a source that I can cite right now because I wasn't prepared for it. But uh, according to certain conquistadors, I believe in South America, they um, supposedly found in some caves uh, giant uh, skulls and whatnot. Uh, at the, big enough, the skulls are big enough for them to put their um, their rapier swords through. Uh, that so. If that is true, uh, regarding giant, that's the name giant, then we have a case for something that uh, that went on X amount of years ago. Well, there is but, a reference in the historical guide. It's Bernal Diaz's conquest of New Spain when uh, Hernan Cortez was talking to, oh God, what was his name? What was the chief Aztec's name? It wasn't Guatemoc, it was Montezuma or Moctezuma. Moctezuma pulled out some huge bone, and they had it lacquered, and they showed it to him, and they said that there were once giants in the land. So, you know, maybe they were just big people or something like that. But, okay, you know, then, I'm not okay. saying that's Nephilim either. 
Right, right, right. That's what I'm saying. That's why I stuck to Giant. I didn't even say Nephilim. Uh, yeah. They are, I mean, so many, the thing is, there's a, there's a lot of problems with this, and it generally comes down to people speaking generically, watering things down, and getting excited about it. So, for example, uh, it's very well known by now uh, uh, that... Okay, let's just uh, put this in historical context. You go back a few years, mm-hmm. you go back a few decades, you go back a few centuries or millennia, and people mm-hmm. weren't exactly, they weren't exactly trained anatomists. So if they found a bone, could they tell if it was whale or pachyderm or human? Not necessarily. Now, what's uh, also interesting is if they were to find, say, the skeleton of a mammoth that by then was extinct, they would naturally lay out on a two-dimensional surface on the ground. And they would reconstruct it like what? Well, they don't know what it is, so you could reconstruct it in the form of a standing human. So then you have a quote-unquote giant. Moreover, if the skull is laid on top, it has this huge hole for the trunk, but you don't know it's a trunk because you don't know it's pachyderm, so you think that's an eye socket, and there you have a cyclops. You know, so it's it's mm. it's that is part of the issue. I, I can't say that explains everything, but it is a fact that part of the issue is people not trained and they find a bone. And you find this also in newspaper reports from the late 1800s, early 1900s. Mm. You know, Farmer Joe says he found the skeleton of a giant human, but then uh, further research would say no, it's actually not a human. It's big bones, but it's, again, a pachyderm or a dinosaur or a whale or something else. And I personally have um, attempted to track a lot of these things down, either in journals or I've even written to museums that supposedly have these bones. And they pretty much tell me, we don't know what you're talking about, which I know now people are going to say, but that's just the cover up, man. You know, what do you want me to tell you? I just do my due diligence and I just tell you what I find or don't find. But if I can um, touch upon the issue uh, a little bit more about how the title of the show, The Shadow Over Scripture, right? Uh, let me give you an example of that. So Steve Quayle, <laughs> Steve, uh, whole chapter's Quayle, uh, <laughs> little inside joke. Steve Quayle has stated, the understanding of Nephilim is the Rosetta Stone for understanding all of Scripture. Okay, hold that for a second. Rob Skeber wrote, I once heard Steve Quayle say something to the effect of, the understanding of the Nephilim is literally the Rosetta Stone for understanding all of history. Okay, so the the thing is, this becomes a worldview philosophy and it becomes a hermeneutic. So now, not only going to interpret scripture based on, (coughs) on something that the Bible tells us about in two single verses, just two verses, period. But now they're going to interpret history, all of history through these two verses. It's astonishing how anyone could even imagine saying something like that, much less have it quoted agreeably and repeated by other people who think it's a great idea. It's it's shocking to me. Mm. Stunning. Yeah, no, yeah, I agree with that. There's a real yeah. problem. Yeah, there is a problem there. I, I agree with that, too. Um, but one thing like Zach and I have talked about a lot, because it keeps coming up, is this is how 
groups are formed or cults. Um, you find something, you make it your niche, and then you you turn a, a, an issue that is secondary or tertiary, tertiary or, 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 or yeah, less non-relevant, at, really. A, a minor issue, and you make it into a major thing. So I've I can't tell you how many people have called my salvation into question because I deny post-flood Nephilim. <laughs> I couldn't tell you how many do that. Yeah. So how do you make that part of the gospel? How? Right. Well, that's yeah, a great well, point. Know, that kind of goes back to my original yeah. question. Why is this, why is people doing this and what's going on? Well, the, the phrase that came to mind for me was Christianity and its temptations. So even though you're a Christian, there's so many unnecessary, in my opinion, unnecessary sects or additional books that take away from the original scripture, and somebody's tempted to just make this new twist on something, whether it's, I saw angels, I got a book of Mormon, you know, it's uh, Watchtower or something, and, and you have this whole thing that distracts from the original life and death of Christ, and I think that that's, yeah. this, a Nephilim can follow this Nephilim Stuff can fall into that category as far as I'm concerned. Yeah, the word, you're actually talking like a Lutheran there, because the word we use for that is, uh, I I might be wrong a little bit, but we call it enthusiasm, where people (laughs) are enthusiastic for things, and they end up getting, you know, revelations about the core of the gospel from uh, post-biblical sources, and specifically, of course, visions, like in the case of... uh, Whoever that uh, Seventh Day Adventist woman was, and Mary Baker Eddy, Ellen G. White, Ellen G. White, yeah, Ellen White, yeah. Baker was uh, Baker Eddy was uh, Christian Science. Scientist, oh, sorry. Yeah. yeah, there's a there's yeah. an important. Oh, sorry, finish up. Sorry. Oh, sorry. No, that's okay. Yeah, I'm just going to say that uh, every time, and you know, this is why I think I've been soured on it so much, specifically because a person in my. Uh, actually in my family who's into a lot of this stuff uh and i kind of went down the rabbit hole from looking at it from you know just his stuff to then looking at it you know everywhere else uh once you go off of that that uh, on that path of enthusiasm what happens is the law and the gospel get kind of muddied and people always nine times or you know nine times out of ten become you know, straight up work salvationist, which was a big reason that, uh, you know, the Reformation happened, which, you know, we, we say grace, you know, salvation is through uh, grace through faith alone. And every time someone tries to latch onto something, they become work salvationists. They'll either revert to becoming, uh, you know, they will be like mosaic law keepers saying you have to keep the uh, Levitical stuff or they'll be, like the Seventh-day Adventists or, you know, groups that we can't even call Christian, but then also some groups that do claim to be Christian, but, you know, follow some other weird, uh, you know, Armstrongism type uh, heresy where they're like, it's like a mixture of getting saved, but then also doing the law. You know, that was a whole big thing that the Catholics are into because they, you know, they get really confusing in how they try to say that, we're also saved through our works and then they add purgatory and stuff in. Yeah. It's like that always follows. Like if something can get you off that narrow path of just trusting in Jesus for your salvation, you know, you'll be a work salvationist. And I'm, 
maybe the Nephilim stuff has done that to some people. It's like everything else has. So, I mean, I'm assuming it's probably in there somewhere. Yeah, I think oh, that's a good a, point. No, it's like you have to believe in Nephilim or else you're not saved or you're not actually yeah, yeah. being a exactly. accurate Christian or you're not within the you know yeah, narrow where, where is that in the Bible and where, where does the Bible say that you have to have 100% accurate theology or you're not getting into heaven? I mean, if that was the truth, <laughs> we'd be scared. We're all done. What were you going to say, Chris? Uh, well, I was going to say, this leads into the point I was trying to say earlier, pretty much, even with the topic of Nephilim, or if you want to say Raphael, or just the Fallen, or whatnot, there's going to be different categories of people uh, it splits into, because I, uh, I was one that was uh, headlong into this stuff a lot, you know, and, and, uh, until I started, when I got into Bible college, I learned how to, you know, uh, research better. Let's put it that way, with exegesis and all this, right? Um, so, approaching the individual, the individuals that are, are coming to you with a certain point of view is, is very critical to understand where they stand with it. Uh, have they gone off the deep end, or are they just searching, or is it this some uh, workspace salvation for them, like you said? We have to figure out the differentiation. So, I'm saying all that now to get to my other point, which is the spiritual realm, right? Um, The research I'm doing for my documentary is very interesting, man, Uh, because it, it it always comes back to this issue, not necessarily Nephilim, but sex with entities. It breaks down in different categories, from angels to ghosts to entities, aliens, robots, whatever it is. And if you've watched enough sci-fi, if you've watched enough horror, if you've read enough fantasy, played enough video games, you know exactly what I'm talking about, right? If you, when you go into Hollywood, there are people, you can search this online at any time, like Bobby Brown. Um, let's see, uh, the young lady from Charlie's Angels, the, the, I think she's Japanese or something. Uh, anyway, they have stories, men and women have stories about having relations with these spirits. And so even without the tagline of Nephilim, this is going on and they're not kidding. It's not hyperbole. Um, they're, they're testimonies, again, from uh, not just movie stars, but regular people as well. And then these themes are bought into our entertainment, right? Um, have you ever seen the movie Starman? Yes. you seen the movie Starman? Starman has a, a, a heavenly being coming down, uh, and he, I guess he crashed on Earth or whatever, and he ends up having relations with a woman, and they have, they're going to have a baby, right? You, you go to uh, uh, I Am Number Four. Uh, again, another alien being or somebody, something like that comes down to Earth. And um, they always fall in love with somebody, right? Uh, usually it's a human woman. Um, in the case of, like, say, Aquaman, it's a, they're not from space, but they're from uh, an underwater world. And they're not human. 
and they end up uh this woman ends up um having relations with an earth man and ends up having this hybrid uh called aquaman and he becomes the king of atlantis right uh we referenced superman um there's also marvel's guardians of the galaxy uh peter quill is a product of a alien being uh having relations with the earth woman and they have a hybrid called peter quill um let's see who else um we have let's see uh what's that movie splice this is a woman alien coming down and she's on a mating frenzy with men to have her you know offspring so you'll see this theme a lot in in our entertainment why is is it always pivoted off of the Genesis six narrative? I don't think so. I I believe that um, just like their blood sacrifices, their sex sacrifices, um, sex rituals, and as you as you know about L. Ron Hubbard, um, Jack Parsons, and Alistair Crowley having um, homosexual relations to uh, get secret knowledge. This is pervasive in the occult community. So even if a person doesn't know about Genesis 6 and what went on there, here we have the same theme. I think we need to explore that. Anyone? Anyone? <laughs> yeah, you might find this interesting. Uh, you guys have probably heard of uh, Rudyard Kipling. The Rudy, Rudyard author. Kipling? Yeah, Rudyard Kipling. Yeah. If you remember his, his book, The Man Who Would Be King, Right, it's about two Freemasons who <clears throat> uh, people mistake them for gods, right? And at one point in the story, it goes like this: "You know," says Billy Fish, "how should a man tell you who knows everything? How can daughters of men marry gods or devils? It's not proper." I remember something like that. I, I remember something like that in the Bible, but if after seeing us as long as they have, they still believe that we're gods. It wasn't for me to uh, under-receive them. Um, In other words, it's interesting that he worked that into, then this was 1888, by the way. He's working that into the story about men who uh, portray themselves as gods Mm -hmm. and about um, daughters of men marrying gods or devils. And yeah, I think I remember something in the Bible about that. And so this was a Freemason tale where he worked that in. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, for a second, I thought you were bringing up the reference to uh, Huckleberry Finn with the, the <laughs> two guys who think they're like, or who lie to the to uh, Huckleberry and uh, Jim on the raft saying that they're kings or something. <laughs> and and yeah. again, I, wa- I want to make it very, it's a very important to keep stating, don't separate this issue from technology. It's very important not to separate it. It's just like how we see all these these movies and video games and whatnot, and we separate them from the spiritual realm. It, it always has to be included because that's where it's going. Okay, when you have <clears throat> men, uh, grown men too, okay, from twenty five and up, um, dating their phone. I don't mean in a hyperbolic sense. There, they have apps that they have these. Uh, AI dating apps and these men are taking these this AI who loves a, a thousand other people to dinner okay 
we have the sex robots that are in high production at the at at this point, right around the world. Um, and many people that don't want to believe this, you can find it in less than two seconds. Okay. Um, so that's another uh, aspect right there. And again, this is a constant theme with the robots, uh, humanizing the robots and dehumanizing ma- humanity. Right. Right. Wasn't Epstein? Didn't Epstein put money into the the creation of that? Uh... Female robot. I forgot what her name was. Sophia. Sophia. Sophia yeah, I think he's uh, either financed that guy who did it. Gertzel, I think, was his name. He was on Joe Rogan show. Mm. But I think uh, that it, that's all relevant, you know. Yeah, and and Epstein wanted to have. He was into transhumanism, and he wanted. Right. His, he was going to like breed, have some kind yeah. of breeding center or something like that. Yeah. Right, with his own sperm. So you know, uh, I, I think where where we having a lot of issues is 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 a clash with biblical narrative that people are doing and then they have the clash with the mythology and so we have a convoluted uh, issue that has to be straightened out somehow and I don't think it's never ever going to get straightened out because it's gone far right now um, but if we if we keep it um, with good research and actual evidence not so, so presupposition because the worst thing we could do is say for instance if we're um, if we are trans, not translating, but interpreting or interpret or interpreting the Bible, and then we bring a bunch of presuppositions into it, like for instance, this is my thoughts: uh, the rapture is imminent, right? If the rapture is imminent, there's nothing that causes it, but when the rapture happens, it would cause other events. What I'm trying to say is, say the end of the church age doesn't cause the rapture. The rapture is the cause for the end of the church age. Totally two different things there, right? So we bring all these presuppositions in. I say, for instance, oh, well, if America is um, is overtaken by communism, here comes the rapture. Well, really? I, I don't see that in Scripture. If, because it's imminent, right? So if we start to let loose some of these presuppositions and just do good research, we'll come out with better uh, uh, stories to tell people that are accurate. Right? right good point, yes. You can not talk about the Nephilim as much, something else. Yeah. See, this really revolves around the issues of what is variously known as transhumanism, which I constantly point out, uh, inevitably combines high-tech evolution and the occult. And incidentally, the issue of, uh, quote-unquote, aliens, it's the same thing. Right. High-tech mm-hmm. evolution and the occult. It's all part of yeah. the same thing. Ultimately... It seems to come down to a deconstruction of God's created order. And so that if humanity is the pinnacle of God's creation, that, then that's the biggest target. So in our rebellion, our, us as fallen beings, and in the rebellion of uh, paranormal fallen beings, such as demons, we would be the biggest target. And we're to the point where we're not just deconstructing uh, philosophy, uh, we're deconstructing reality to the point of claiming that uh, the universe is illusion, and now we're deconstructing ourselves and each other uh, through these new technologies where we can have little children not grow up to be what they were meant to be, but uh, something different because we're able to pump them full of uh, pseudoestrogen or testosterone right. and various other drugs. And so this is where this kind of uh, concept of mating with other than human beings 
comes in because the results would be something non-human, not 100% human. And so when you look at paganism, for example, it eventually always inevitably comes down to sex and blood. (laughs) See, there we go. And the whole thing is about sex. I'm I'm glad you mentioned that because it ties right into this picture. There's John, uh, there's uh, Lavenda with Podesta and the blood drinker right there, the occultist. And then the UFO promoter right here on the left along. I just came across this again. This is actually, this is an incredible picture. I mean, so basically transhumanism, the issue with aliens, the issue with demons, all of it, all of it, all of it comes down to deconstructing humanity. In one way or another, for one reason or another, willingly or unwillingly, consciously or unconsciously, it doesn't matter. It all comes down to deconstruction and deconstructing God's created order. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I totally agree with that. And, and you know, it goes back to our last program about um, the hybridization of humanity, yeah. right? Right, CRISPR, right. You I was see just thinking is... about your video today. Oh. <laughs> it's pr- I think it's the only rap video I've ever seen that has, like, footnotes on the screen, <laughs> which was <laughs> awesome. <laughs> I mean, there's, like, the definitions and everything. Just it's so educational. <laughs> yeah. yeah, they're actually reminding me of an old... Uh, rap song that I listened to. I don't know if you're familiar with Bill Laswell and all the stuff that he's in. There was a band called Material that he was a part of, and there was a rap video, or not video, but a song that he did with uh, Cool Keith on this Enton, uh, I can't pronounce the album's name, it's weird. Yeah, but It's kind of funny because it seems like it's predicting things uh, going on now like talking points like in specifically the soy boy meme if you've mm. if you've seen that one it's kind of weird that that song seemed to be talking about it in the 90s well you see um again you know we're in this age of information where things are exploding we're learning more i have thousands of books on my computer you know i couldn't hold them in my house if i tried right so a lot of things that we not you but like the whole of humanity thought were hidden were actually there and so when you get into the realm of, of rap and some of the weird rock artists or whoever they are doesn't have to be rock or rap other stuff too um including even classical music you'll find some weird yes. stuff right so um like say for instance in the nation of islam they believe in a mothership and the mothership was here and it was made this way and that way and it left and it's going to come back well really islam that's in Islam? We wouldn't think well, that. I don't think a true Islamist would agree with that. A true yeah, Islamist would Islam. not think that's Islam. That's the nation of Islam. The, yeah, the black Islam. yeah, right. Right. So, so there it the mother plane. Again. Yes, absolutely. The mother plane. Right? Yeah, wasn't so, it on the Isle of Patmos, too? Wasn't it where the Book of Revelation came from? I forgot. Yeah. And incidentally, yeah. it all revolved around the quote unquote big head scientist. Absolutely. There we go. Uh, Yakub or something like that, right? That's right. Yeah. 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 And it gets into racism and all this other stuff, right? So we wouldn't, because we don't study that, you know, we wouldn't think that that issue would even be there. I learned, I found that out about, I guess, four years ago when I was doing all this alien research. I'm like, what? They believe this too? So, you know, you'll be surprised at the things that were in songs in the 90s and the 80s. You know, especially when you go back to to groups like um, Earth, Wind, and Fire, 
uh, Atlantic Star, those type of groups. They, they, they talk about all this weird stuff we talk about today. Um, yeah, it's so, kind of weird because the thing I've always gleaned from, uh, especially looking into Williams stuff about Crowley and then uh, other people who go into, you know, exposing the theosophists, is this stuff like always has like a firm holding of like the, uh, the literary circles and the artistic circles, specifically like, you know, of the aristocratic uh, people and, you know, like days gone by. And it's like they devoted so much time to like uh, putting all that into the culture. And like right now it is kind of, you know, trickled down to, uh, you know, where everyone has access to it, which is a bad thing. But uh, it's just kind of funny to see how, you know, the devil has been working that way the whole time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and uh, another point is this, you know, we, uh, it, this is our lifespan here, 40, 50, 60, 70, 80 years, however long each individual lives. Right. So we're, just, we're no matter how old we get, and we die. We're still babies, uh, according to the, the, the history of this world. And these demons are having a fun with us. Right. Because we, we think we know it all and whatnot. And then we find out that we don't. Right. Uh, say, for instance, People don't believe that uh, the Black Lives Matter movement is full of witchcraft. The, the, the Yoruba religion is being practiced within that movement. And I, I found a parallel to that Yoruba, Yoruba religion, which is an African religion, for those people that don't know, um, in the show, um, um, oh my gosh, sorry, drawing a blank here, Lovecraft Country, Lovecraft Country, oh, hey, right? So don't get me started. <laughs> so it's all ancestor worship and calling up the spirits of, uh, say, George Florida or whoever, right? When they chant their names, but say most people name, don't yeah. know that. Yeah, right? And you go to Lovecraft Country, and there's a scene in this house, and here comes, say the name, say the name. say. I'm like, oh, snap. Wow. Let me go study this some more, you know? But most people don't believe because they're, they're missing the information, and that's, the, that's information, uh, that is the the most valuable commodity on this planet. Not gold, not silver, no minerals. Information, because the people with the, with the most information get to control the narrative, right? Right. Or add to the narrative. So well, haven't, gonna... haven't all through time people with informational monopolies have maintained control, whether it's a priesthood. A cult priesthood or a pagan priesthood or the Catholics or whatever. Right, right. And they use it for control, right? So let's say, for instance, I want to uh, put forth a narrative that aliens seeded the planet. And um, I could bring you proof of that uh, proof and then lead you towards somewhere where you can uh, start accepting this and waiting for these individuals. Well, where where, where do we see that? Ancient aliens, the Catholic Church, and you know, and you know, and you know. Heaven's Heaven's Gate, Gate, right? Heaven's Gate. Uh, I mean... Marshall Applewhite, or Applewhite was his name? Yes, Applewhite. Yeah, so... Now, it... mm -hmm, Go ahead. I was just going to throw out... um, Regarding pop culture, in 1976, uh, the Carpenters, no less, put out a song titled Calling Occupants of Interplanetary Craft. Uh, and here's uh, some uh, of the lyrics. 
in your mind, you have capacities, you know, to telepath messages through the vast unknown. Please close your eyes and concentrate with every thought you think upon the recitation we're about to sing. And then they sing, calling occupants of interplanetary craft. I mean, uh, that was, uh, they wrote that in relation to um, World Contact Day, which was supposed to, you know, it was an event that happened in the 70s. And now you're looking at people like Steve Greer, and that's exactly what he's doing. He's taking people in groups to literally summon these entities. Guys. There's just no way. He's like the new Elrond Hubbard in a way. Oh, yes. Have you ever seen the intro to one of his shows where, the lightning hits the tree. It's total mm-hmm. Luciferian symbology. Yeah, pure Luciferian. It's yeah. Satan that, is the one that gives you the tree of knowledge. Mm-hmm. It's really that, heavy duty, and nobody really knows it. That no, last, that yeah, last just, documentary ahead, he put Chris. out. It's, this is on your point, um, Ken. The last documentary that he put out, um, Close Encounter of the Fifth Kind. Fifth I've seen many UFO documentaries, many, 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 and this was the one, the only one that disturbed me based on what he has people doing or these groups doing. I was like, wait a minute. No, they're serious about this. And now this You're was summoning, the most, right? Yes, summoning, yeah. This was the most watched documentary when COVID hit. Wow. Number one on all streaming services. I'm like, what? what? What was it called again? Close Encounters of the Fifth Kind. I must be out of the loop. I've never heard of this. It's the most popular. Do you know, I've seen Greer. He said things where, like, I've seen entities come down and manifest. And I'm like, this guy sounds more like a necromancer than a UFO person. <laughs> well, let me explain all, this about... You know, well, just one more thing. If you see another one, he's doing the Rodan, the thinker hand gesture. He does all this stuff. A lot of these occultists and Crowley knew Rodan, too. But they do do this thing. Uh... It's almost like the statuaries in the Rockefeller Center. So they, he's definitely manifesting or pro- projecting secret knowledge. Yeah. No question. Yeah, oh, yeah, let me, you, oh, you know, Ken, well, go ahead. Because, but I, go ahead. Just a little point on Greer is that he's presenting two forms of secret knowledge. And the way I've described them before is sort of like uh, you guys might be aware that Alex Jones referred to David Icke as the turd in the punch bowl. Yeah. Are you guys aware of that? Yeah, I have heard because, of that. Because he was saying, look, uh, David Icke presents some very good, important, solid information, and then he starts talking about shape-shifting reptilians, and that's the turd in the punch bowl, right? That turns people off. Mm-hmm. And I see Greer much in the same way, because he's talking about uh, documents that he has from the U.S. government, that he's been briefed by government personnel, and he has briefed government personnel. And this is all very just straight, uh, you know, black and white stuff, uh, important. He talks about renewable energy, very important stuff. And then it's like, oh, by the way, come join us in our little commune, and we're going to summon entities. It's like, okay, that's the turd right there, because it kind of ruins the rest of what he's doing, right? <laughs> From yeah. our perspective, anyway. Yeah. 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 Think of well, funny about thing about David Icke is like, there's no way like if you're into like you know religion at all, you could read his stuff and be like, the dude's not obviously just controlled by demons because everything he says is just like a veiled uh, gnostic thing. No, Chris White uh, did a really good expose on David Icke, and uh, highly recommend people look that up. Chris Very White. well done, Chris White. 
I forgot what the name of it, but I mean, he references some of the early Ike stuff where he is talking to Ascended Masters and he had one called Rikorsky. That was yeah. his Ascended Master. Wow. So Ike, well, you got to, it's well, more than, yeah, it's more than a punchable. There's some very interesting stuff. And yeah. he's, uh, we can get into some of the old things when he started that, he tried to start his old channel that busted. Um, mm. I mean, yeah, I'm not. Okay, yeah. you know, we're, I think we're, we're going in a good direction here. Because based on what's happening in our real world, and there's certain things I can't say because, you know, YouTube. Um, what we It see doesn't matter. If I get this channel busted, I don't really care. <laughs> they already kicked me off, so right. I don't have anything to lose. You can just say whatever you want. YouTube, right. They won't even find it. The thing is, is that my channel got punted because somebody flagged something from four years ago, and they're just on a rampage. They got rid of the Corbett report. For something Corbett said nine years ago, that was his strike. So all these people are getting punted. I was a very small time player compared to other people. Yeah, but I was just like somebody targeted me. There's no doubt. Okay. Yeah, so, that's why I've been so, keeping quiet with India Rotkin. Yeah, you can get. I mean, you got to really watch out, especially if you talk about election fraud. Then you're really good. Yeah, and I'm not even going to mention that. That's fine. Well, I'll do it for you. The the, the election was stolen. <laughs> Twenty twenty election. Pure and simple stolen. You have a legitimate, the first illegitimate president really in American history. Go ahead. Okay. So what we have again is an age of information, and everybody's everybody wants to know where Trump go. You're coming back. I believe he's coming back, but that's not my point. My point is this: we were all looking for sources to to verify what we thought or what we think is going to happen, we all have a movie playing in our head how uh, things are going to happen, right? Or what we want to happen, right? Uh, right. Yeah. So from the 6th to now, I've been introduced to newer faces. I can't remember all the faces now, but uh, what I'm noticing is a lot of them are new age. Yeah, yeah. But in the, well, in I can the, tell you one, Simon Parks, that guy. That's one. Had, yeah. That's, That's so one. freaking weird. I was getting a gonna... haircut last night. No, and he was having like intercourse with aliens, dude, in some video like 10 years ago. Yeah. yeah the I... dude comes in my, because uh, I go to get my haircut at a place that, like a family friend, and so the husband comes in there and he's, you know, talking all this stuff because he knows I'm into this stuff. And he brings up like all this kind of stuff I've never heard before, and it's really weird to me. And it, it was that guy Simon Parks, and I've, I've never heard of him either. Right, <laughs> so I didn't either. The thing is, you know, you can't vet him like you would say a general friend, right? Right. Uh, so he claims to have this sort of background, that sort of background, whatever. And he's not the only person, so I'm not going to go just on him. It's him and another person and a few others. That are just I'll, like, I'll, just I'll like, type the names in. I'll type the names <laughs> in right here. In the front just like um, just like David Ike, he's on the the um uh the hope for Trump, right? Now there's the, the the title is the Great Awakening, and we have a Christian a Christian aspect to it, and then we have a New Age aspect to it. The greater the Great Awakening for the Christian aspect, as far as I see, is um we dis dismantle the New Order, Trump uh pretty much takes us back to the, the old republic and dissolves the, the, the United States of America corporation, and we have prosperity from there on. Boom, right? In the New Age, it's the same thing, but it's a thousand years of this prosperity 
that goes beyond just um, technology hidden from us, medical stuff hidden from us. It, it gets very weird. It includes alien, aliens. Aliens, right? It's like a, right? it's like a uh, galaxy, galaxy or universal mm-hmm. view of like moving to the stars or something. Yeah. Hey, let me tell you. Just today, I finished writing a review of the Sci-Fi Channel's version of Childhood's End. This is all yes. over it. It's it's all of this stuff. Yes. yes. It's all of this from like decades ago. Yes, that's in my documentary <laughs> too. <laughs> Uh, Arthur C. Clarke, for people who yeah. don't know Charles is in. Yes. And, and, and so this also, you see, I don't, I, what, I, what, I, what I'm trying to do is keep my blinders on a little bit because we get information from different sources. When we go to watch CNN, we're not caring if the person is a Mormon or Christian or whatever. We're getting information, right? Even though I don't watch CNN. Right. right? Supposedly. You're supposedly getting informed. Right. So when I go and watch Fox, it's the same idea. I'm not thinking if this guy's a Mormon or Christian or whatever. Um, but when I go to Glenn Beck's shows now, uh, The Blaze, I know that I'm dealing with Mormonism. There's no question, right? So there's a guy that put out a, a documentary on pedophilia in Hollywood. And when you hear him speak, he sounds like a Christian. But you don't listen. You, you got to keep listening. And then you figure out, ah, oh, he's a new ager. Because this term God has become so watered down. It's, it's always been uh, the, something that's a, a generality, right? So for us, God is Yahweh, um, you know, Jesus, Yeshua. Right. Jesus is the right? Messiah, right. Right. Um, for them, it's totally something different. They're yeah, master, also, they or, never state that. God. Yeah, they almost never state that. It's Jesus yeah. is the Messiah. Just like, Jesus that's true. That's true. It's always the Christ consciousness or something like that. And then when you go into, say, um, Nation of Islam, arm, leg, leg, arm, head, Allah, you are Allah. You are God, right? That's what they mean by um, knowledge of self, right? So uh, I'm saying all that to say be careful of your sources. Yeah, right. Because this whole movement, it sounds good, but what else is added to it that you don't know, you know? Yeah, I want. You got to be careful. Yes. Look at the QAnon. Look at the Q Anonymous, man. That's one of the greatest psyops I've ever seen. Well, I could break that down for you, though. Okay, there's, do it. There's three ways to break it down. Okay. There's the real deal, which I'm, I'm not going to tell you how I know this. I just know it's real. Then there's the anons that decode, and then you have the whack jobs. The whack jobs are the people that are spreading weird stuff that so there's some of them are christians that are taking biblical prophecy out of context a lot of times um some are new agers and they have this big old q map which is about this great awakening and it, you, you listen look up the q map that has this whole great awakening thing it's you it's full of occult symbology there's no way around it okay so that is I, that is a part of what I would say is a psyop. Okay, the original intent for it was to give out information to people so that we could do something about saving our country, not to get us into this whole thing that when nothing happens we get our bubbles burst and we're like, oh snap, there it is. Look into that, blow it up, and look it, look at it, right? So anyway, that, that's how you break down the Q. Uh, it was originally made for younger guys that are gamers because they are, are into coding and, and whatnot. So are you saying the original posts of QAnon are legitimate? Yes. 
Are you? Yeah, I've you, heard that from. Do you think I'd... that their predictions have ever even come true? Well, I mean, they've tried to predict I, I, stuff like the arrests, the indictments. Right. But, <laughs> I'd have to well, look into it in greater detail, but there's well, a lot of promises they made that did not come true. And you're absolutely right. But if you go back to some of the 2018 posts, those things are happening right now. Right now. So, and, and let me be clear, I'm not a big Q follower anyway. I, I'm not I, either. I, I have some friends that are following way more than I do. And when I see some of the stuff from 2018, 2019, I'm like, oh, wait, that's going on right now. So it wasn't I, tried a- to, I tried to go on to some groups on Gab and try to get somebody to prove to me that, mm-hmm. that QAnon is true and they're sending proper information. I couldn't get one person to mm-hmm. go, oh, this is real. They just said, study it. And I said, I'm studying it. I can't. Nobody- but because it's not, it's not something that you're going to jump in and say, Oh well, this has been proven. This oh, this is real. This is right. It's, but it's 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 very convoluted. But, but but isn't it come back to information monopoly? Like they're they want you to look into. I, I swear it's probably the same as looking into to the entrails of a <laughs> slaughtered goat. Like what are you reading into? Okay, there's all this mumbo jumbo. Tell me something plain and simple. Fine. Sure, that's the thing. I mean, it's that's almost like conspiriana. It's like conspiracy smack. Yeah. And I hear some of these guys talk. And I go, I go so far back to some of these other guys that <laughs> no, I, I just I can hear you. it like, oh, do you know mortgage sounds for death thing? And blah, yeah. blah, blah. I'm just like, ooh. I get, I get where you're coming from. Trust me, yeah. I get where you're coming from. Because okay. I, well, I, I, I'm, I'm not that, I'm not, mm. I never felt bought it, but I'm more mm. curious for somebody to just specifically, just show me two instances where they, they anticipated the future. Just one. And, and I'll, I I'll would like to one. Go back. I'll have to go back. Because again, I don't follow it every day. I oh, know I'm not. Um, ch- I'm not challenging Chris. I'm just kind of no, no, putting no, it no, out no. in the ether. If anybody's listening to this, send me an email. Yeah, I would love I, to know. Yeah, I get it. If uh, you want to wrap I, that up, Chris, yeah. then we're going to just wrap this up in five minutes, and maybe everybody can uh, share their thoughts on Nephilim. And if people want to reach out to people, you can share your emails or yeah, uh, sure websites. Thing. Yeah. So my whole point of all that is again information. Who's controlling it? How they're distribute, distributing it, and what's false, what's true. You have to be able to walk that line, because no matter if it's religion, science, the occult, everything has a good and a bad. Uh, when we come, when it comes to the Holy Bible, now we know there is no. It, it is. Uh, it is not flawed. It's the Word of God. Um. God wrote the Bible through man, not man wrote the Bible, <laughs> you know? So that, that, that is the only place where there is no confusion. People make it confusing by bringing their suppositions into it. Great. So anybody just, so, uh, anybody yeah. want to just start wrapping this up? I got to run in four minutes. So if, yeah, uh, Just to uh, tie this back to uh, our context is uh, the misuse and watering down of words. So, for instance, I've seen so many articles and videos about, quote unquote, Nephilim animals and Nephilim fruit and food. And, <laughs> and by the way, last time I saw a video with Gary Wayne, he referred to oh, Nephilim dude. dogs. Yeah, <laughs> okay. and this is all clickbait stuff because if you want to talk about genetic manipulation, we have a word for that, and that's genetic manipulation or GMOs. You don't have to use the word Nephilim in an uncontextual way just to get uh, clickbait attention. And so now back to this conference, let me um, 
One of the advertisements says, unleash your past self with Andrew Ray. And then another person is uh, Johan Alstad. And his main works revolve around the topics of the new age. Then there's Suzanne Leiborn, who's described as having diverse background in esotericism, psychic experience of mystic research. I mean, so um, what, what you have here is, again, just going kind of full circle. In my mind, this is just the ultimate outworking of what Christian pop researchers have done with this issue, which is turn it into a sideshow, you know, a freak show. And so now anything goes. I mean, you can kind of claim whatever you want. Um, we saw the number of uh, topics they want to talk about, and they're just slapping the same label on all of it, right? So, like, um, what do the here's one of the advertisements what do the Nephilim, Knights Templar, Lost Knowledge, UFOs, and the Hollow Earth have in common? <laughs> you know, it, like I said, it's all under the big top, and, and that's why, because this has ceased being a serious issue of biblical scholarship, and in certain circles, it's become theo sci fi. That's it's really exciting. It's really fun. And it's really interesting. I'm not doubting any of that. But how much of it is accurate? Very, very little, sadly. Andrew Ray's creepy looking. Yeah. yeah, no. Have you seen this video of this guy where he's doing poetry? This guy likes to wrestle with dudes. I've seen a, a video of him. Really kind of, uh, yeah, this is very strange. I mean, anything. Would you like to add anything, Zach, before we wrap it up? Uh, no, just if you're into the, uh, you know, for instance, I know when I first was, you know, converted the Nephilim stuff and the end times people are the first ones that I came to. Because when you're a young uh, male, especially, that's just the cool stuff. And very fortunate that I've been able to get away from it. And Ken has actually uh, helped. He's one of the first people who... Uh, I came in contact with who did research specifically attacking these guys who never get countered. And uh, we have a lot of videos about that on our uh, show, Indie Rock Dinosaur, which right now, I mean, if you type in Indie Rock Dinosaur, it'll come up. I'm kind of rebranding some things. I, I think at right now I have the uh, name of the channel changed, but uh, if you type in Indie Rock Dinosaur, all those... Uh, episodes will come up and there's more than one specifically about this issue what's the new channel name do you know yeah i was I, well i'm i'm probably going to change it back because i started a new show and it didn't work out at all for the first episode the second episode might be good but uh so right now if you type in indie rock dinosaur indie rock dinosaur gotcha and chris would you like to wrap up with anything or uh promote your website uh, sure. Um, you can find me at don'tletthemburn.com, my YouTube channel, BitChute, Rumble. All those channels are named the same. Don't Let Them Burn. You can do it in one word or you can separate the words. Um, I'm working on a documentary called The Alien Deception Entertainment Frontlines and a couple other projects. Um, uh, pretty much my documentary is about how Hollywood is training us to accept uh, ETs um, coming to our planet and saving humanity so um and other than that you know we talk about all sorts of issues um willing willing on a couple of shows with a show with ken and we go from entertainment to the weird stuff uh and that's that's what it is you can contact me on don't let them burn.com awesome and then ken and me is true tons of uh 
articles there and you can get all of his books there. So if you want to buy his books, please buy them from his website. And my website is WilliamRamseyInvestigates.com. So if you want to read some articles that I've written on a variety of subjects, you can check it out there. Some of my old articles are there as well. So thank you guys for uh, joining me. Really great conversation. And let's do it again soon. Yeah, I was going to add uh, my uh, Twitter handle, Spectral Solas. I've been having fun with that one. Spectral what? Souls? Solas. Solas. S-O-L-A-S. Gotcha. Solas. All right, guys. Thanks so much. All right. Thank you. God bless. All right.